Hey, hey, Team Stevia, and welcome to episode 113 of The Stevia Show. A talk show podcast that covers pop culture, world news, local artistry, and everything in between. As always, this is Steven. And this is Lydia. And we hope everybody is having a great day. And joining us today uh, is Jenna, and she is the host of the fabulous podcast called Scream Service. So how are you doing today, Jenna? Good. Thanks for having me on, guys. Yeah, of course. anytime. It's been a long time since we've talked shop with another podcast. So we're super stoked about it. And it's also, by the way, super cute. Uh, we didn't know this earlier, but the three of us are all co-workers. Yep. Um, so that, <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. crazy. So yeah. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, no, I was like it with my job, like especially working from home. It's been like, oh, yeah, I don't work with anyone. And then it's like, wait. <laughs> Our organization's huge. I work with a ton of people. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah, because uh, it was funny. We were talking about the vaccine, and then um, she was like, this is the industry that I work in. And I, and I was like, no way. This is the industry that me and Lydia work in. And then she's like, do you work here? I'm like, yes. It's just so crazy. <laughs> like, you know, like, literally, what are the odds? Uh, so that's yeah. super cool. And um, we're going to go ahead and get our uh, sponsorship out of the way really quick. Uh, so funding for the Stevia show is brought to you in part by the following. Bravado Wireless is your go-to when it comes to all things connected, whether it's a new home. Uh, I say that all the time, whether it's a new home, new whether home. it's a new, they apparently sell houses, whether it's, a new, <laughs> whether it's a new phone, home internet, or smart accessories, Bravado Wireless has it all. Right now, you can get a Samsung A11, a Samsung 20FE, or iPhone 11 at half the cost. That's right, 50% off any of these phones throughout March. And for more information, you can contact your local Bravado Wireless store or head to bravadowireless.com. As well as community members like you, remember you can support us on Anchor or Patreon for as little as 99 cents a month. Thank you. Awesome. So yeah, thank you everybody so much for your support um, and uh, plug for Scream Service. They have a Patreon too, which we're going to talk about as well. Um, so be sure to support our fellow podcasters uh, because us content creators, we love coffee and that's how uh, we have True. So. Truly. That's exactly where everyone's money is going. Uh, I'm only buying coffee with that money. <laughs> absolutely. Uh, absolutely. So um, for the moon of the week this week, um, it, uh, Daltron is the one who won and then Co and then my Lord Robinson won the week before that. So my Lord Robinson won with the memes saying it's the uh, it's the anime person with the butterfly saying is this and then um, it was our stream and they were like, is this a cooking show? Because they legitimately thought I, I thought we were being trolled at first. Um, but they legitimately thought that our <laughs> Super Smash Brothers stream was a Stevia cooking show. And for uh, apparently for he wanted to learn for his diabetes. And I was like, this is either just like way too much of a coincidence or somebody's trolling <laughs> us. Uh, I don't know. But either way, it was, you know, it, it was cool. Yes. And the meme was great. And then Daltron won on the meme with the guy saying, come on, do something poking on it. Um, because it's for the AMC stocks that we all tried to get rich on uh, after the game stop uh fiasco whenever they yes. decided only certain people can rig the stock market not the average everyday working class um so that's probably why we didn't get rich <laughs> off of amc um so congratulations to the two of them and then lydia you watched uh i'll let you introduce it what did you see i watched raya and the last dragon jenna have you seen it 
Not yet. Oh, it's because it's one of those Disney things where you have to pay to watch, right? Yes. I'm yes. such a cheapskate. So no, not yet. No. Yeah, I understand. Listen, if I didn't have Logan and Alexis, which by the way, they're engaged, Woo. Team Stevia, I'm so excited, but we'll talk about that later. Um, so if I didn't have Logan and Alexis splitting it with me, so we went like halvesies, so it was just 15 each, then uh I probably wouldn't have done it. But I have watched it like four times now. So it, I have gotten my bang for my buck on it. It's good. Um, good. So Raya in the last dragon. So it, it basically, the description is long ago in the fantasy world of Kumandra, humans and dragons live together in harmony. However, when sinister monsters known as the Druin threaten the land, the dragon sacrificed themselves to save humanity. Now, 500 years later, those same monsters have returned and it's up to a lone warrior to track down the last dragon and stop the Druin for good. Um, basically, yes, Steven. Can I guess who the last warrior is, or the lone warrior is? Ah, yes, please. Is it Raya or Raya? It is Raya. Awesome. Good job, Context Steven. clues. Okay, cool. Sorry. Ten points. There. Okay. Ten points for Steven. <laughs> um, my notes on this movie are basically really short. Uh, from the story to the animation, this movie has you hooked from the very beginning. Disney does it again, empowering young women of all ethnicities and showing that Disney princesses aren't exactly what they used to be. I gave it a 10 out of 10. Rotten Tomatoes has it at 94%. It is by far the best Disney movie uh, out right now. Um, and I just feel like they keep doing it and doing it and doing it and they're better and better and better. And the animation, the way I felt watching Ryan, the last dragon is how I felt when I watched brave in the movie theater, the first time, Mm -hmm. if you, if you remember brave, it was the pinnacle of animation with all of her hair and it was wavy. You saw every curl. That's how this movie is, but it's better than that. And it's just like, amazing so the story was great i highly recommend it'll probably be free on disney plus in a couple months so um <laughs> that's when i'll see it if you want to wait for it wait for it <laughs> yeah. and then watch I'll it i'll discuss it in a couple of months uh. yeah yeah it was really good i thoroughly enjoyed it and i've watched awesome. it four times now so <laughs> well hey awesome. at least you're getting your money's worth for it exactly that's what i say yeah and it's not like you're going to theaters all the time anyway so it's like it's kind of nice to have like a special occasion movie I where you're like i did it yeah i know i bought barb and star just a couple hours ago and watched that and that's the first time i've paid for a movie <laughs> in a year so I'm yep just, but i had to so had to is it funny that we all miss paying for movies you know like- i miss paying for movies so much i i don't miss the cost for sure i've definitely like saved the most money of my life this past year but i i definitely miss the experience that came with the cost so i I do miss paying for the movie in that sense yeah popcorn the Mm -hmm. drinks they were and just good sound (laughs) just a a quiet place like yeah no phone nobody bothers you it's yeah fantastic one day back in the before times except for the guy up in the corner that like has a coughing fit or something that's so annoying yeah well hey or the child annoying (laughs) yeah yeah that was part of the charm though you know was the the coughing guy because Mm -hmm. now if somebody coughs in movie theater you're like holy shit you have coven you know and and we're all gonna exactly i'm like coughing guy can never show his face again (laughs) sorry coughing guy yeah you gotta go 
get the usher make him leave right. <laughs> we're, we're out of here all right so today we are going to be interviewing uh jenna and she has again a fantastic podcast called scream service that we're going to be talking about um but first jenna um can you introduce yourself for our listeners like you know you're obviously your name where you're from how long you've been doing scream service stuff like that Sure. I'm Jenna Jr. Jr. isn't my real last name, but my real last name is German. It's nine letters long. So Jr. is just, I wouldn't say my stage name. It's also my professional pen name. So you can just know me as that. Um, I'm, I was born in Chicago, but I barely, I would not say that I'm from Chicago because I've lived in Tulsa for 20 of my 26 years. So I'm from Tulsa essentially. Um, yeah, and I've been doing Scream Service for about a year and a half. We started in uh, October 2019, and we first started out in the Tulsa Central Library uh, because they had an audio lab, and that's where I was doing everything. And then when the pandemic happened, it all moved from home, but actually it's been a blessing in disguise because we're able to talk to people long distance, so we've had a lot of interesting guests that we wouldn't have had. Uh, typically. So that's actually been really rewarding in a weird, strange way. Um, yeah. And I live at home in Tulsa with two cats and my partner of almost four years. And yeah, it's, it's, it's great. It's a good life. <laughs> awesome. Well, congratulations. Sounds like on, a good life. Yeah. Love congr it. Congratulations on the yes. year and a half for Scream Service and four years with you and your partner. That's amazing. Um, and, we, and we definitely understand starting out in the library. That's where we started out too, was at our old place of That's work. That's where we started yeah, too. Yeah, was in the library. Nice. Right. Yeah, we didn't, um, I haven't been to the Central it's a good Library. Spot. Yeah, it really is. Because again, everybody's quiet. The coughing guy's somewhere, you know, else exactly. and not taught, you know, not coughing during <laughs> your podcast. So that's great. Right. Yeah. And if you mess up, that was my thing. It was like, I knew nothing about creating a podcast whatsoever. And so um, with the central library, they have everyone's just right outside the recording studio door. So I would just like pop open the door and be like, Hey, uh, it's doing this weird thing. Do you know what this is? And sometimes <laughs> the answer was no. Sometimes the answer is yes, but we always figured it out, which was really fun and a really great experience that I do. I do miss that part of it, but I was able to learn on my own through them. So that's, shout mm -hmm. out to the library. <laughs> <laughs> Love that. Always shout so out to the library. So what inspired you to start Scream Service? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, shout out to the library. So, but uh, what inspired me to start Scream Service? You know, I can't like even pin it down to a certain like aha moment. Um, but I think overall it was me at getting tired of... Um, not having the horror conversations I wanted. <laughs> um, I would go to like horror functions, not conventions, but like movie premieres. And there's certain events in town for certain movies, which I won't shout out just to not make anyone feel bad. But sometimes I would encounter men who would just explain at me about the movie I know about that I'm literally coming to see. <laughs> and um, that really frustrated me. And I was like, I don't think that horror needs to be a gatekeeping kind of community. And so mm -hmm. I just treat my podcast kind of, I always say it's like a slumber party that can get deeper. And so, you know, slumber party conversations, you're just kind of like full of excitement. And it's really casual and everyone's having fun. And then sometimes slumber parties, you know, evolve into those deep conversations about life, humanity, all of the, <laughs> right. all of the uh, philosophical side. And I feel like our podcast really does do that. So I've, you know, I'm really happy with how our podcast has evolved. But I think just initially, I just wanted to, I really just wanted to talk to my friends. I just wanted to have a conversation where someone was 
uh, not trying to play trivia with me about something I liked. That's really yeah. frustrating to me um, because I, you know, I still haven't seen every horror movie in the world. Uh, people assume I have, and that's uh, <laughs> wrong. I, I watch other movies a lot. I read a lot. I do a lot of other things. And so I just wanted it to be kind of hyper-focused of just having a good time, not trying to one-up anybody and just bringing people on who are excited about the genre and excited about anything, even horror adjacent. It doesn't have to be a movie. It could be an urban legend. It could be, um, you know, a story their mom told them. <laughs> like it could be anything. Um, but the, my point is that everyone feels comfortable. That's what I want more than anything. Yeah. So, so I'm glad you kind of touched on some of the things that you've talked about in your podcast because I think that's important for the listeners to know. So what, um, what do you usually talk about horror wise? Yeah, we're really broad. Basically I just tell people if it's a little spooky, it's totally qualified. Um, so we have quite the range, which I think is what kind of sets us apart. It's not just movies, um, which we totally cover movies a lot, a lot, a lot, but, um, sometimes it will be like, we had a park ranger come on and talk about some, uh, more like myths that people have about being in the woods alone, um, but also some local Oklahoma history that was really fun. We have um, Oklahoma true crime episodes that are really short that are fun for people to check out. Um, we have like ghost experience people have. Um, and sometimes we do ridiculous sides of horror. So my partner seems to always be the one who hops on for those, but we'll watch like bad vampire movies from the eighties and just do a movie marathon of that or, um, read pulpy, bad horror novels and talk about how ridiculous <laughs> they are. So it can really be anything as long as it's a little dark, it's allowed because I, I am interested in darkness, I guess, um, even yes. though I consider myself a pretty uh, positive person. <laughs> and that's funny that you say that, because I feel like there's quite a bit of horror fans that are like that. Like you wouldn't like like sure. like pin them as a horror fan. Uh, right. Yeah. And um, uh, so Stephen Walker from When the Clock Strikes, he's a big fan of horror. And he actually submitted like six questions for you for Stevie sound off. So oh, awesome. um, so be ready for that. I think he uh, listens to he, my podcast. He does. Yeah, he does. Yeah, he does. Uh, yeah, he uh, he gives us a lot of cool feedback when we post stories. So thanks. <laughs> thanks for his continuing your support. <laughs> I'm always shocked when people like my podcast. <laughs> I'm like, wow, OK, like, yes. it's so great to have you. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And you actually mentioned your park ranger episode. And that's one of my favorite episodes you've done. I thought that was super oh, cool. Yeah. yeah, that's a yeah. longtime friend of mine who has like a ton of uh, he's he's really diverse in the sense that he's been a park ranger for a really long time. But he also is a huge history nerd. So mm. he has like all of these things working for him where he is just so knowledgeable. And you can ask him about pretty much anything you've ever heard about Oklahoma. And he'll be like this, this and this. And this. Like, <laughs> so I'm glad you enjoy it. A lot of people really did. And yeah, I yeah. find the woods really creepy. So I was like, please come. Yes. On. Like, <laughs> yes. Especially by yourself. Yes. Yeah. yeah I won't do it. <laughs> yeah. Mm -mm. How long have you been a fan of horror? You know, a lot of people grow up with horror and that's like a cute little memory they have. Where they're like, I watched Chucky with my dad and oh, I love it. And um, that's not yes. me. <laughs> um, that's not me at all. I was raised in an insanely uh, strict religious household. Love my parents, though. No shade to them. But uh, they definitely were of the mind that if you watch a horror movie, a demon could just come into our house. And so mm -hmm. let's not do it. Um, so I, you know, I liked reading like dark things 
things. Um, like I, I, I mean, I definitely paged through scary stories to tell in the dark, but I wasn't allowed to check them out from the library. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I was always drawn to that kind of element, or I can still tell you where this guy took library's paranormal section is. Cause I would just like walk over there as a seven-year-old and like flip through that as fast as I could. And, um, so I like the urban legend side of horror, but I wasn't like familiar with horror media until I was a teenager and my parents kind of stopped being as strict as they were. And I think I wasn't even, and then I was scared of it way too much to enjoy it until yeah. I was probably like 17, 18 and finally like, okay, this isn't real. I'm okay. <laughs> like, um, especially like PG 13, um, horror movies. Those are all really jump scare kind of horror movies. I feel like, so when you're older, and you can watch all of the rated R movies, you realize there's nuance that you weren't getting uh, before. Yeah. And it kind of ch- changed my mind where I was like, okay, not all of them are trying to make me like pee my pants. They actually <laughs> want me to have a good time. So um, yeah. So I'd say like my late teens is when I started getting serious about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's awesome. That is great. Um, so uh, Jenna, who do you consider your creative influences to be? I really liked that question when you sent that to me yesterday. I was like, oh man, I've never thought about that in my entire dang life. Um, (laughs) So I really thought about it yesterday. Um, So I would say the two big ones, I'm sorry if you can hear my cats fighting, they're lovers and they're, they're angry. Um, So (laughs) (laughs) I, I think like the two biggest are probably authors. Um, I want to say it's Pee Wee Herman just because I love the style of Pee Wee Herman, but me as a person, not so much. So um, the real answers would be Lemony Snicket, the series of unfortunate events. That was yes. the darkest. Yep. Yeah. I have the tattoo of the eye on my left ankle. I got that when I was 19. I'm like a diehard fan of that series, but I wasn't allowed to read Harry Potter or anything like that. So that was like my series as a kid. And that really taught me about dark humor, mm-hmm. irony. Um, also taught me a lot of big words that no one I knew knew those words. Yeah. Um, and really shaped my sense of humor. Uh, so that really changed me as a person. And then another person that really changed my like creative side is probably Shirley Jackson, who's another horror writer. I'm actually wearing a shirt of her book. Um, but <laughs> I'm haunting of Hill House. Yes, uh, my favorite book, but she is a a creative icon to me because she is, first off, she's like fighting the genre because basically um, no one wanted her in any genre that she wrote in. Like women thought she was too scary. Men thought she was too phony. She just was constantly fighting with critics. Her husband was literally a critic, like a literary critic. Um, And she was constantly just trying to get people's uh, approval of her work, which is fantastic. But the thing I really like about her is she is a very, or was a very anxious person and used that anxiety to write really unique horror and not just horror, but just any of her fiction. Um, She was really able to harness that feeling of anxiety and loneliness and being the outsider and all of those negative things that happened to her she was able to transform into beautiful disturbing work that's you know timeless it's still super popular to this day um and that's when I kind of realized for myself that you can use kind of your struggles to make something that's really enjoyable but also like reflective of how you feel so people can relate to you so she is just awesome and I think she's so cool. I wish that we were friends, but she's gone. So 
not today. <laughs> not not this time. <laughs> I've tried to contact her through a Ouija board so many times. She just will not reply. That's <laughs> very rude, honestly. Yeah, but say rude. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so rude. Yeah. How could she? <laughs> uh, so while you take a drink of your water, what are your earliest creative podcasts or projects? And um, did Scream Service start out as a podcast initially? Yeah, earliest creative projects. I'm a pretty creative person. And I'd say like the earliest way that shows I've always been a writer. Um, mm. So like even before I could know letters, I just like make loops on a paper and be like, everyone sit down. I got a story to tell you, <laughs> like, yeah. uh, which is really annoying for my family. Um, but I, um, yeah, I, and I'm still a writer. I, I, I've been published a few times and I'm really proud of that. And that's, um, what got me I, my tutoring job is I'm a good writer and I can help people be better writers. So that's really cool and full circle feeling. Um, so that's definitely like my creative focus, but I, you know, I was, I dabbled in being an artist for a little bit. I had like two shows, Wayne Coyne came to one. So that's like my claim to fame, but I really didn't want to make uh, commissions of people. So I kind of just stopped advertising that I can doodle. <laughs> um, but then the, the, yeah, so the podcast uh, actually wasn't going to be a podcast in the beginning. Scream service was the name of a subscription service, um, where I would write a scary short story a month and just send it out to people, but the logistics freaked me out. So I was like, no, never mind about that. Like that's, um, a lot of pressure. (laughs) Um, so I, I really liked the name still though. And I was like, I'm just going to keep this like in the back of my head. And if something comes up, I'll go for it. And then when I started considering doing a podcast, I was like, oh, I can, I can use Scream Service because it was originally going to be called Campfire Ghouls. And there was going to be another female co-host and then they backed out and it was like, okay, so I'm a Campfire Ghoul. It's just me that doesn't <laughs> sound as good. And I was like, yeah. Scream Service it is. So that's how that kind of all came together which I don't think anybody knows that so no that's awesome that's really (laughs) cool thanks yeah um I mean yeah I mean I couldn't imagine writing a short story for people like that's that's a super awesome idea though um yeah but the the logistics yeah um like like that would be something that I'd be like you know afraid of uh yeah definitely I still write zines and and I I will post when I make zines and I can send them out those are short stories and but thinking of a new one every month I was really intimidated and I was like what if it sends to the wrong house people are going to be mad at me like I just didn't (laughs) want to deal with all of that right Gotcha. Uh, so talking about your podcast, um, it's super rad that you have a book club associated with your podcast. Um, so how do you do that virtually? And then do you or your fans pick the books? Good question. Yeah, I, um, I used to host a book club and then I stopped and I was really missing it. So I was just like, why not just like do this with the podcast? Um, so virtually, um, it's really easy to join if people are listening. I, I feel like there's a miscommunication that people think it's like you have to be hazed or do like a blood oath to come in. It's really easy. There's no rules. <laughs> Just tell me I want to be in the book club and I will add you to we have a group chat and all the group chat is is me telling people when we're meeting, which is usually the middle of the month right now because we're super behind. Um or, and it will be like the link to a Zoom call. And that's essentially it. Sometimes people will like start texting inside jokes we made during book club, which I feel bad for the like 10 people in that group chat that were not in that meeting. They'll be like, 
what are they talking about? Um, but uh, so it's really easy. We just do it through Zoom, but it's been, like I said earlier, it's been awesome to be able to connect to people that don't live in town because actually our book club is pretty um, vast when it comes to locations. We have like Texas, a lot of Texas people. Uh, Scream Service has a huge Texas following. Shout um, out Texas. Yeah, shout out to Texas, which <laughs> is I- Is it because there's like lots of spooky in Texas or what? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I know where some of them have come from. It's really like this group that have all referred their friends, which God yeah. bless them. And, uh, but like their friends will tell their friends and it's been really interesting. <laughs> um, but they're, they're all really uh, awesome and really passionate about the podcast. So I love it. Um, but we have like a listener in Utah that comes to all of our book club meetings. We have um, some people from California that come to almost all of our meetings. That's cool. um, so yeah, it's really through Zoom, we've been able to have this national book club, which we would totally not have had if we met in person. Um, and book clubs started uh, with the pandemic, I'm pretty sure. I think maybe we had one book right before the pandemic, but then it was immediately like locked down after that. So, mm -hmm. um, so it's been really kind of a a good thing in a disguise, but uh, yeah, it's been really nice. That's so cool. I love that. I love yeah, that oh, idea. And then answering the second question, sorry, I've totally forgot. <clears throat> um, so the first time, the first year we did it, I, um, I picked all the books because I really wanted to make people read things they weren't used to, even if yeah. I, for, I mean, a big portion of our readers are not usually readers, which is awesome. And like, makes my little literature major heart happy but uh but the ones that do read uh horror fiction usually I mean that's a male it's like straight male dominated genre for sure and so I didn't want that to happen at all with my book club like I think we've only had maybe four <laughs> straight white guys in the whole time we've done it so good yeah yeah we don't need <laughs> that much <laughs> um I, and and i'm saying that as a huge stephen king fan like i i yeah. would marry stephen king at the age <laughs> he is now like i i love him like um so so i'm really not saying like oh man they're gross like nothing like that it's just more like this genre has done everything it can to push out marginalized groups in its history so i'm trying to kind of make that balance a little uh, more fair <laughs> and yeah. no complaints though. Um, that's been an awesome part of it is, um, with last year's, a lot of people have reached out to me and said, I would have never picked this book up. I would have had no idea this even existed. So that's been really awesome to know that I'm able to kind of promote people that are worth being as famous as Stephen King. Um, and then this year I did open it up to, uh, like people to suggest there were some that I didn't take uh one was a book that doesn't exist uh, and <laughs> oh. I don't think that they know oh okay uh, <laughs> they, they said the Necromo necromonicon which is um you know it's an evil dead but it's also like a reference to an HP Lovecraft thing but it's not a real book I just want everyone to know that it's not a physical book you cannot <laughs> actually read it um, it's just like the Sorcerer's Stone. It's a, it's like a plot device. It's not a real book you can find. Um, so that one, no, but then we, we have like, I think we have three straight white guys this year because of opening it up to people, but it's all been good. So it's, it's okay. Yeah, yeah. But 
you haven't had any of the uh, well actually guys correct right okay, good. no and like the people who suggested the white guys are were women so i was like okay, <laughs> okay. we're gonna like not fight we'll about let this it happen time. Yeah. this time <laughs> <laughs> yeah but it, you know but to like again to balance that score our upcoming book is a, a non-binary trans uh, author our book that we just read is a um, gay author who wrote the screenplay for beetlejuice shout out michael mcdowell he's awesome mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um we have a graphic novel about uh, the Muslim experience through a horror lens. So we've definitely got a lot of diversity coming people's way. So don't get too comfortable with the straight white guys because <laughs> they're going to quickly be gone. So it's not just we Stephen King. It's not. We have not read a Stephen King book for the book club, but we have done a Stephen King short story episode because Night Shift is the best book of all time. And he's a he's a great short story writer. Yeah, he I, he he has to come up sometimes because, like you know, horror. He is the king. He's, he's he the king of horror, yeah. basically. He really is. Yeah. But there's lots of other queens out there. You know what I mean? There's tons of queens of horror. <laughs> there's tons of um, royalty of horror. You know, there's yeah, there's a lot of people that, um, and there's a lot of people that horror fans like that don't realize that they're um, they're not straight or why <laughs> like right uh, right like like michael mcdowell everybody loves beetlejuice and nightmare before christmas which he has a hand in both and it's like yeah but he's also um like he was out gay in 1980 and so uh right. and like clive barker who did um hellraiser also an out gay um author who's just incredible and i love him so much but yeah so there's tons of people that um uh, people may not even realize they're supporting diverse <laughs> creators but um i like to make it like really uh open that that's what i'm doing yeah awesome it's awesome so 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 jenna why do slasher movies have a charm to them so i wanted to ask you guys why do you think slasher movies have oh, a charm oh no them? flipping oh, the, it's the old switcheroo, oh, switcheroo. The, how the turn <laughs> the uno reverse. yeah the real the uno reverse card <laughs> yeah yeah see i just like uh whenever i wrote this question i just thought like why do we enjoy like slasher movies why like do people we love it because people are getting like cut up and stuff like that and it's like but why why do we like that uh, but, but i go i went to every saw saw okay. one through seven like that's the epitome of slasher <laughs> like they're getting cut yeah, up yeah you're really getting into that slasher why do i love it i don't know i think it's because it's just like am it's... i a psycho i think it's... yes that's actually why i came on this is actually an intervention yeah. video um we're really worried about you <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome uh, I mean, uh, surprise uh, yeah, no. yeah, yeah surprise double reverse card um yeah, yeah. <laughs> But I mean, for me, I think they have a charm for them to them because like, it's not, obviously it's not something that would really happen. Like, you know, like Saw wouldn't happen IRL. Well, hopefully right. not. Hopefully wouldn't happen in real life. Right. Um, but I just think it's something that like the violence or whatnot, like we're just drawn to it naturally. So I think that's why they have like, and, and, they, and that's why they overdo it because we were not used to seeing that, you know, that's my right. guess. I think there's like two, um, schools of thought about this which not to like sound like a nerd about what i'm about to say um but one i think that a, the, a big draw of it is you know the draw to darkness and also the um i mean your body naturally emits um adrenaline when watching you know violence or any like 
energetic, like you're going through trauma visually um, and you're escaping it. And so you do get an adrenaline high after watching like a slasher movie, especially like if there's a chase scene in it, um, like the shining has, they've like recorded how your heart rate goes up. Like you're almost jogging uh, when you're watching the shining. So you get a huge adrenaline boost through that. So there's like the, you know, the physical aspect of it. You do like, we are drawn as human beings to like wanting to know dark things and getting kind of excited by it. But I think also there's the psychological side. Um, And I think that slasher movies can, I mean, I think that that's a broad genre. So I think for some people, some slasher movies are too realistic. So my example in my mind is Maniac with Elijah Wood. Uh, That movie could happen to anybody. That movie, uh, you know, uh, even um, even Silence of the Lambs, like that is based on a true, uh, well, like a bunch of different true stories smashed together. Right. Um, So we do know that sometimes that is possible. And so um, some people will take that as I'm watching this and I'm safe. So I'm like, um, maybe they have past trauma and, and they're able to escape this trauma through watching it in a fictionalized controlled setting. That's definitely um, something that's discussed a lot in horror, especially with women. Um, but another thing could be just um, just like escaping it through kind of more ridiculous uh, hyper violence horror. So like Evil Dead or Saw, that's, that's not going to happen to me. And you're like, okay, it's not a guy following me into a parking lot going to take me. It's like, no one's going to do this. Right. And so that's kind of a relief. And you can kind of see it almost as a, like a dark comedy where it's like that's so ridiculous it could never happen I'm having entertainment like good feelings with that so um so sometimes I think you know it's really depending on like what slasher movie you're talking about because sometimes it is sometimes people don't like slasher movies because they are triggering for them or um reminding them of like an anxiety they actually have but sometimes it's the uh, like relief of like, well, that's never going to happen to me. Whew, like, I'm, I'm definitely not going to get in a cabin in the woods with a guy with a, a chainsaw arm. And, you know, like it's right. not going to be that insane. So it can go a lot of different ways. And slasher is definitely one of those terms where I think people have a, a totally different, everyone has a different movie in their brain when you say like slasher movie. Like right. to me, I think of like Halloween but yes. you you thought saw and it's like you know it, it could be all different kinds so it is an interesting phenomenon but I think it's just like we're drawn to it and then we have like some you know origin story about why we're enjoying it <laughs> yeah yeah it's definitely and it, that honestly is probably my least favorite subgenre of horror um but I do have favorites like I will like force people to watch your next and they'll be like this is awesome. Like we're all having fun, but, but like that maniac movie, it's one of like the only horror movies I've never finished. Cause I was like, ah, like this is just what I worry about all the time. So right. um, it can really go a lot of different ways for a lot of different people. It's your turn, Steven. Oh, is, <laughs> no, I just asked that. 
No, I asked that. Oh, no, you you're right. You're question. right. I'm sorry. Yeah, I was like, I'm I think sorry. Lydia asked it. You're just right. The, okay. Uh, I apologize. Yeah, I He's apologize. staring at me. We yeah. had a staring contest <laughs> just that. We did. That's like... what it was. It was a staring contest. Yeah, um, <laughs> I called it. Uh... <laughs> yeah. Uh, Lydia I'm is the ref. The yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that'd be a ref for a staring contest. That's a good idea. Okay. We, we, That's we, my we, new job. Okay. I'm, I'm taking applications. <laughs> if you guys need someone to come in and, you know, okay. to be honest. Deal. Deal. Okay. So uh, what do you think is generally scarier? Um, horror books or horror movies? And what are your, some of your favorites of each one? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, oh, <laughs> I read more horror books and watch horror movies. Do I think they're scarier? Not necessarily. I think they last longer in my brain. I think of like horror movies as like a quick little sprint. Like, I'm like oh, oh, that was scary. And now I'm done and I can go to bed. And then a, a book, I'm like, I'm picking it up and I'm back in this haunted house again. Okay, <laughs> this is my week. Like, um, but I think me personally, I definitely get a little more spooked with horror movies because the visuals are right there you can't like use your imagination to tone it down at all which is definitely I think what I do when I'm reading like an upsetting <laughs> horror book scene I'm like let's pretend like everyone's a gummy bear right like, nothing's, nothing's <laughs> really happening to anybody here not like, the gumdrop buttons yeah yeah <laughs> yeah everyone's I'm just reading Shrek the novelization <laughs> every time yeah um, that's a horror book right right um, <laughs> So, yeah, I think, but I, I mean, you know, it's again, subjective for sure. Like some people really think that some books are really scary, but I'm a part of the horror literature Reddit. And uh, it's like the most commonly asked questions, like what's the scariest book you ever read? Cause I can't find anything. And I, I've read all of these suggestions and I'm never scared. And I, I think it really is your imagination coming in to like rescue you and be like, don't get freaked out like and so right. a movie you have no control so I think that the movie's going to be scary in the sense that you're like jumping and you're um you know like scared of something specific but I think books can be more creative and entertaining um, because there's a lot of effort put into them that you wouldn't have you know um when you're watching a movie so Favorite horror books. I mean, Haunting of Hill House is awesome. I do like the 2018 Netflix adaptation. A lot of people think I wouldn't just because they're totally different, but I love that adaptation. I thought um, it was awesome. It made me cry. It makes me cry on command just thinking it's about the ending. It's so of that. good. <laughs> like, yes. If you have ever experienced grief, watch right. that show because it really does speak to me in a lot of like personal ways. And it's just, it is scary. There's definitely some good jump scares in there and and it's one that you can rewatch because there's hidden ghosts in every episode and right. I love finding those, but also I don't like finding those. <laughs> uh, but the, yeah, the book is totally different. Um, I one time led a book club for that book and everyone had just seen the Netflix one because it's in 2018. And they were like, what the heck is this? Like, like, what is this? You you tricked me. This is a <laughs> neurotic woman in a castle. <laughs> I'm like, I have surprise. been duped. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, I love The Elementals by uh, Michael McDowell. It's one of my favorite horror books. It's a great example of like Southern Gothic horror, which he does really, really well. Um, and it uses sand as a scary plot device. And you'd think that's stupid, but it's really, really good. Wow. Um, yeah, it's awesome. And The Night Shift by Stephen King is probably like one of my favorite books of all time because that's one of the first books that did make me jump and freak me out. And uh, 
he he's you know people criticize him for not writing an ending so if you're one of those people night shift is where i feel like he ends every single one perfectly because short stories i think is actually his strongest wheelhouse um and clive barker's books of blood are also really fun if you like body horror if you're like reading horror books and you're like this isn't gross enough clive barker is the master of that and then you can move on to poppy z bright who is um a trans man so but when they wrote those books their pronouns were she her and names their name was poppy at the time so they still use that like as their writer's name so it's kind of confusing but uh he is the master of nasty 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 so if people <laughs> want extreme like go there um because he writes some really sick stuff oh, wow. um but you know some people really enjoy that and i and i can actually read grosser books than watch grosser movies because my brain is like it's just paper chill out you're fine but right. he's like it's right there so they're all gummy um, bears then, yeah gummy bears gummy bears every time <laughs> uh and then movies i'm i'm a huge fan of the ring um i think it's so fun like i re-watched it like Ugh. in october oh it's still scary like that's yes, what I was like it's, it's still, still scary, really scary. <laughs> yeah and it's pg-13 and so that How is, is a real still feat. scary i'm an adult i'm an adult now it's still yeah. scary i love like the idea of like this object is going to get you <laughs> like yes. it's a haunted vhs tape and that sounds dumb but it's not like i just like that you like you know incite a curse against your will is really like frightening um and it yeah it really holds up to me uh i know that this movie isn't perfect by any means but i love insidious as well as like good popcorn fun oh, wow. be. um but then if you want to go like really highbrow i love i love um the french film eyes without a face my partner and i dressed up as that for halloween once and no one knew who we were but it's uh really strange movie and billy idol wrote that song after watching that movie so there's some trivia for that one or um Haosu, which is japanese and that's just like being on drugs without taking anything um and that's from the 70s so that's really fun there's a bunch and the shining i mean the shining you can't go wrong right yeah awesome it's perfect <laughs> that's a good list it's a it's a list that changes all the time. You had a good list right there. I'm, I'm impressed with the list right now. Oh well, thank you. <laughs> Some people would say that's too basic, but I really believe in like don't don't like feel ashamed about what you like. Like if your favorite right. horror movie is you know something you saw when you were 15 years old and it's really stupid to other people, if you like it, who cares? Like enjoy it. So yeah, yeah. I'm trying to change my list from not being as pretentious as I used to pretend I was. Just being like the <laughs> ring is good. The ring is really good. <laughs> It stands up. It really does. So <laughs> it Jenna, still if, frightens me. If you could collaborate with anyone, who would it be and why? Yeah, that's a tough question because like part of me is like, I'm an introvert and that freaks me out. Like it's like, oh, <laughs> yes. Oh, yes. I should ask people to uh, talk to me. It's like, oh, maybe not. Um, but I think I think I would be like the most chill with horror authors and feeling more comfortable with them just because I feel a little more well-versed if that kind of trivia element of liking something comes up I'm a little like more solid um mm -hmm. so there's a, like a horror author uh from the 90s well she like peaked in the 90s her name is Kathy Koja and she wrote this book called The Cypher which used to be the most expensive book I owned and then they reprinted it last year and so now 
the value's down, but <laughs> I, I, and yeah. I don't care about that, but I, it was like my white whale. Like I was trying to find it and I was on like a list for it for years and years and years. And I finally got it. And I was like, Oh my God, I have this rare horror book. Everyone's going to think I'm so cool. And then the year after I got it, they were like, Hey, we're re-releasing it. And Dang. never mind. Um, but she's really cool because, um, basically like in the nineties, uh, pulp horror was dying out it wasn't nearly as big of a deal and so that actually made publishers take a risk and start hiring more women uh, because they were like well we're losing money anyway so if they fail who cares uh but they actually like made an uptick uh which they didn't think would happen and she wrote this book called the cipher and it's like the most mind-bendy nasty book but she seems really nice. And so I, I bought a signed book from her and she gave me a postcard and I used my partner's PO box. So she wrote him a postcard. And I was like, what a nice gesture. Like, that was nice. Yes. And so I was like, I would love to talk to her because she's, she's like fighting basically to be relevant when they hired her. <laughs> um, but it, she really, that book is like really popular now and it's considered like a cult classic for um, horror and so like authors like that who just like had to kind of make their way in the genre I mean if Clive Barker wanted to talk to me I would say yes in a heartbeat but I'd be so intimidated by him I'd just be like you're a master like, <laughs> so I don't know it would be really hard for me to collaborate so I feel like maybe more indie creators would be like more my wheelhouse so I don't feel like I have to be like and I've read uh, all your work since 1985 and I uh, you remember when you got married and then you got divorced like you know like I don't want to uh like uh when Chris Farley's like interviewing people that Saturday Night Live sketch where he's like interviewing Paul McCartney he's like remember the Beatles that was cool that would be me so, so it makes me nervous but I'm always down to collaborate with like nor like I say normal people but non-celebrity status people that is definitely what I enjoy is just having a conversation and hanging out with people so if you guys ever want to collaborate with me and come on scream service and talk about anything spooky you are the door is wide open okay yeah we're down okay yeah, and that's actually Steven a really. Stephen might be scared, but that's we'll, actually we'll a really go. good segue into the next question because um, I'm not too big into horror. I'm huge into suspense, so like I love like sure. a, like A Clockwork Orange, like and uh, that's Ooh. one of my favorite movies and books. Um, I love um, like of course like The Shining, you know, Misery stuff like that. Yeah. Um, so if I if you're just now getting into horror um, and like Midsummer, I love Midsummer because like Ugh. because they, they didn't. Oh, Lydia, you don't like it either. Oh, I don't. Like I have a two-hour episode about why I hate it, and Ooh, I'm so glad. I went. I went probably 15-minute tangent when I uh, when I did my media review over it because I was like, no, no, okay. I don't like this. Yes, I'm gonna have to find that and listen to it because I feel like I'm alone, yes. and I feel like I'm going crazy because I'm every guest too. I have. Yeah, every guest I have is like, I love Midsummer. I'm like, well, you can just hop right off. No, I'm oh, okay. <laughs> see you well, later. No, no, I'm, I'm not. <laughs> I'm getting no. cut off my own podcast. Yeah, <laughs> could you leave? I'm gonna have to listen to yours. You're yeah. gonna let me know what it's called so I can go back because I probably agree with every single thing you said. Yes, yes, and I did it as like a debate with my friend um, Colby, who used to work at Circle Cinema. So uh, it had just like come out, and we he loved it, and I hated it. 
And so we got into a really good, like deep discussion about death, but, but I still, uh, I watched it again the night after we finished recording and I was like, no, I, I still hate this. So yeah, yeah. see, I watched but it's it okay twice. that you like it. Okay. It's good. Okay like cause, cause I watched yeah. it twice to make sure I did like it. And I was like, yeah, um, this is actually really good, but I'm not going to yeah, of course hate. I, I, I can see why people don't like it. I, I can absolutely see that. Steven doesn't often watch rewatch movies let alone watch mm, movies mm-hmm. and so he did watch it twice and it's like okay he likes it but he I likes still it. like what was the movie we were talking about uh that i didn't see uh parent trap yeah that, that, uh, that, that <laughs> yeah. was a classic one yeah i'm just uh, so bad at movies yeah, it was funny because Steve and i are long lost twins we found out so yes oh, um wow. uh but and i said we could have a parent trap moment yeah and I, and I was like i don't he know what no that idea. means yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's like do they are they twins <laughs> yeah but then uh but then it was funny because uh because jenna said um your your podcast literally has pop culture in the tagline i'm like yeah that's lydia's thing like it's not <laughs> yeah like she, she's <laughs> way thing. more in tune into it um so um where would you recommend i guess like one book and one movie if you had to say hey here's your gateway into horror what would you choose mm-hmm. yeah again super subjective i really like hearing about like what people are drawn to like what what made them want to try horror in the first place and then i try to like pick based on that so that they're not like disappointed um, but it, like Stranger on the Street, oh gosh. Um, book probably like I would say like probably start with a Stephen King thing because he is while he is the king, he's also like kind of um, I don't want to say basic, but like a good introduction for sure. Um, so I would say read Carrie from Stephen King because that is a really good book, not just about. Um, horror but about bullying about being the outsider um about you know feeling like you're not living up to people's expectations um and even though there's a huge critique about Stephen King writing women I do think he does a really good job with that book because it's his first book and his wife was like helping him a lot so uh I think that's a great starting point and it's shorter than a lot of his books so if people aren't big readers it's pretty easily digestible um yeah so i would say that's a good intro because then you've read technically a classic horror book and you can like brag to your friends but it's also like showing you that horror can be an emotional experience and it's not just like uh guts and stabbing and anything like that even though we know there's a lot of blood in carry um movie is harder to me because if someone's like a a not this sounds me but like if someone's kind of a softy and like worried um I usually would try to do like yeah I'll usually do like throw on Beetlejuice or something where it's kind of like family friendly horror or like Coraline that's a great love um, Coraline yeah who doesn't love Coraline, love Coraline. my lord it's I got my so name good. from Beetlejuice <gasps> Lydia I think we're best friends Lydia actually <laughs> I think you and are. are meant to be best friends I just um, got shoved out is it a notice? Yeah, sorry. Uh, we went Again, bye. bye. <laughs> I keep trying to hint that you should leave, and now it's just getting awkward. No, <laughs> um, no. I you're. I don't know where you got your name, Stephen. So I can't compliment you. <laughs> yeah, I'm just messing around. I'm just messing. No, with I'm you. teasing yeah, you. Okay, okay. Um, yeah, I'm. I'm sarcastic. Um, but yeah, the Coraline is a good introduction uh, because it's like it's technically like a fantasy. Um, especially being written by Neil Gaiman, who does have horror stories, and I think you should be like acknowledged, but blah blah blah. Um, but I think it's like creepy, and 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 that can kind of get you into more um, like more traditional horror. I say like try to watch older horror movies. Um, don't start I, now. We're in like an art house 
generation of horror and people can enjoy them. Midsummer actually, I think, is a good introduction to horror um, because it is a horror movie, but it doesn't go as hard as some other ones. And it's definitely like it, it introduces you to the subject matter emotionally first and then everything comes after. Um, so I think a lot of people who don't like horror love Midsummer. Uh, and that's not shade. I just think that's the truth. Um, so that might be a good starting point, even though I don't love that movie as like a seasoned horror person. It's probably a great introduction. And I just came at it way too late. <laughs> like, But it's got its, it's got its worth. I don't think it's like a t- I don't think it's a terrible movie. I just think it's not as great as everyone says it is. I agree. Um, so, so we, before we head to Stevia sound off, cause we do have some questions from, from team Stevia. What, where can we find you? What platforms can we find you find, um, scream service on? Yeah. So we're Tell on us your Instagrams, uh, your Facebooks, all the things. Facebook. Definitely not. I'm really, uh, like I've got off of Facebook once grandparents started joining and I, I'm really, ah, woefully, yes. uh, <laughs> I should have one. I don't. Uh, so we only have an Instagram social media wise, which is just scream service podcast. Um, yeah, I wish I was like smarter and made more things, but that's just my wheelhouse. And that's yeah, all if it works, then it works, you know? That's yeah. What um, we have an email. If people have questions and they don't want to talk to me on Instagram, it's just scream service podcast at Gmail. So if you want to talk to me, via email you totally can we have one listener who exclusively does that so you wouldn't be alone um then uh, like listening wise we're on apple Podcasts and spotify and then you could go on buzzsprout for pretty much all the other listening devices i've tried to sign us up for stitcher which has been a request for a long time and it just like keeps rejecting me and i don't know what that glitch is so for now that's just the only ways but we'll definitely work on it and we do have a patreon so you can we do have early access episodes so i think starting from october of last year all of our episodes are on um patreon as well except for our christmas episode because it took me nine hours to make. And so I just like oh uploaded God. it like to, for everyone. I was like, Merry Christmas. Like get it out of here. <laughs> there it is. Uh, <laughs> um, and our Patreon has bonus episodes, which I think people are like, not to like toot my own horn, but people are missing out. They're really good <laughs> and they're really funny usually. So okay. I really enjoy our bonus episodes and there's a lot of different kinds of bonus episodes up there. And then like the highest tier, we have a movie party once a month and that's been super fun. <laughs> we like have a lot of inside jokes because of that movie party, um, but it's really just like, like four or five people. So it's not super crowded and we just watch pretty bad horror movies on the regular. <laughs> so I love that's that. Our, that's how you could find us. Awesome. That's awesome. rad. All right. So heading into Stevia sound off, this is a section where team Stevia sends us questions and takes good or bad. We don't care. And as long as they're within reason, everyone on the show will answer them. So we post a weekly thread on our Instagram story and on our Twitter, and we even have a dedicated channel on our discord for the section. Uh, so let's see what we have in the mailbag this week. Um, so I ask why are jump scares so scary? Because like that, I, I am the jumpiest person in the world. And I think that's why I'm not big, too big into horror because jump scares are what gets me the psychological stuff. Love the jump scares. hate. Sure. so yeah, no, you're not alone. And like, honestly, even watching them like 
technically for my job, like for this podcast, I am the biggest jumper in the world. Like I will get out of my seat and run. Like, sometimes yeah. I'm like No, no. So don't feel like you're not like, I don't feel like you're alone. And like, even the most like horror savvy people, they're lying if they say they don't jump because I definitely do. And I know tons of people who do. I think it's just that caught by surprise element, just like, um, you know, you're, you feel safe in the moment and then someone robs you of that. And I think sometimes jump scares can be awesome. Like haunting of Hill house, the show has the best jump scare of the all best. time. The best yeah, one. It, it is. And it's, and it's smart because it's not just about, um, scaring the audience, but it's actually like true to the character, true to the situation. And it's not right. just to shock you. It's actually literally trying to stop a moment forcefully and like you know it it's beautiful I love that jump scare and Insidious has like one of the best jump scares but it's just fun right. um, so sometimes people like that adrenaline part but I personally get really annoyed at jump scares I kind of feel like um like cheated <laughs> I'm like stop trying to mess with me just let me watch the movie <laughs> so yeah I don't think that you have to like jump scares I don't know anyone who like looks forward to them <laughs> um but I think it's just because you feel safe and they catch you by surprise. Um, but if it makes you feel better, also, if you slow down a movie, if you like go back and watch it slower, whatever they're jumping at you usually looks terrible. It's usually like whatever is the lowest budget thing they have. And if you just like look at the actual image, you're like, that looks absolutely like arts and crafts. Like that's Yeah, you so start bad. laughing. You're like, oh, that's actually funny. Yeah. Like, so I try to like make it a humorous experience. If I'm scared, I'm like, ha, 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 ha. and I just will laugh through it, which people don't like, but it helps me. So <laughs> I don't good. care. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then okay. these next questions, sorry, before, before you start, Lydia, um, these next questions, uh, I think Stephen wanted us to rapid fire them. So he gets our first instinct. Uh, okay. So I, th I think, I think that's why he, I think that's why we have so many from him, but I'm excited for him. Okay. So rapid fire ready. Yes. Favorite horror movie of the oh so feel bad color saturated post 9 11 2000s? The Ring. <laughs> <laughs> the Ring. Um, I haven't seen The Ring, um, so I can't. Uh, I haven't seen really any horror movies, so I don't have an answer for this. Um, okay. So favorite uh, favorite found footage, Blair Witch Project. That is awesome. That is an awesome one, and that's actually our episode coming out this week. So Ooh, nice. look out for the found footage episode. But I think uh, mine would probably be Lake Mungo, which is a australian horror movie uh, nice yeah uh favorite decade for horror uh, mm, <laughs> i like mid 2000s like uh which isn't a decade i guess but like like 2010 to 2020 i think is pretty awesome because you see a range of like um you know kind of the jump scary things but to me that's kind of nostalgic fun because i was still I was like getting out of high school at that point. So I was like with all my friends, but then we like move into these art house films where we're taking a lot of uh, leaps. And then we also see more diversity coming into play, like uh, get out happens and um, oh, get you know, out. Oh. I, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, like what an accomplishment. I mean, yeah. Uh, Great. So I, like, we're finally, unfortunately, finally getting to the point where we're listening to more than one kind of storyteller. So I think that's been the most like, exponential growth for horror so probably that i guess uh par is is parasite would you call parasite a horror film oh lydia it's such a debate <laughs> but i, would I say, feel like that i is, would say yes because I guess. uh 
it's definitely horror adjacent i would say it's a lot darker than uh i went into that movie totally blind and i Same. thought it was gonna be a korean drama and i was like oh, oh no holy cow so yeah. that might be my favorite movie actually i it's love amazing I, I was on the fence about it for a while remember steven but it mm-hmm. was an oscar nom and then it won and i was like oh crap i now i gotta watch it and then i watched it i was like i need to watch it again yes yes i had actually so on that midsummer episode we did colby was working at circle cinema and he's like you need to come and see parasite before it leaves and yeah. i was like no you know i don't really watch like i thought it was like going to be like a melodrama kind of thing i was like i'm not gonna really enjoy that he's like jenna it's for you you need to watch this and then i watched it and then i've made my friends watch it and it's re-watching it is awesome because you see so many hidden details in there um but i would say it's at least for adjacent because there's definitely horror elements in there it's probably more of a of a thriller i would say but I don't know. Like defining horror is such a frustrating thing to me because I'm like, were you scared? It's horror. Like, right. <laughs> yeah. Like, did yeah. the Mike Myers Cat in the Hat movie scare you? It's a horror movie. Yes. Oh. Boom. <laughs> yeah. Another one. All right. <laughs> okay. Uh, I think my favorite decade for horror is the 2010s. I think I've seen most horror movies that I've seen in the 2010s. Um, yeah. And then next up is what movie left you sad or melancholy after like The Orphanage? Oh, the orphanage. Oh my God. Any, oh man. Yeah. That movie. <laughs> good for him. Uh, that's a great <laughs> suggestion. Um, yeah. So, so, uh, produce the Guillermo del Toro, I'm pretty sure produced the orphanage. And so if like Pan's Labyrinth is a great example of one that just makes oh, you feel yeah. gutted at the end. Actually that Lake Mungo movie I just talked about is one of the most emotional horror movies I've ever seen. And I was crying tears of like sadness, not fear, um and even even i'll hand it to midsummer like the the first 15 minutes of that movie are absolutely heartbreaking so Mm -hmm. there's a lot um horror and tragedy like really really go hand in hand um the babadook's another good example of that kind of feeling so i that's a good question awesome so the next one is uh what is a critically maligned movie that you will defend to the end Hmm. Oh, well, you know what? Actually, recently I watched um, I watched Let's Scare Jessica to Death, which is from the 70s. And I think it's early 70s, like 73, maybe. And on Rotten Tomatoes, it has 30 percent, which is sacrilege. Um, it's <laughs> so cool. And I had never seen it before, but I um, I just had a friend who was like, oh, I think you would really enjoy it. And it's very dreamy. It's not scary. So Stephen, you'd be fine. There's okay. no jump scares whatsoever. It's like pure atmosphere. But it's like basically these people move to a house. Um, this man's wife, Jessica, she had a psychiatric break right before, and they're moving to the country. Your typical, you know, haunted house setup. Um, yep. But actually, like this strange hippie woman moves in with them, and it's hinted that she might be a vampire. But um, it never it like don't go into that movie expecting answers but it's like an influence for david lynch if that kind of helps you know the tone and so that movie deserves way more than 30 percent and it's purposely vague but that was like the criticism of the time was like i don't know what's happening it's like you're not supposed to you're supposed to think you're going crazy so i think that movie is awesome everyone should watch it it's great watch it when it's raining it's a great raining movie (laughs) And then on the other side of the coin, which I think you've already answered, what's one you don't agree with the hype on? And is that Midsummer? 
Yeah. <laughs> but I don't yeah. want to dismiss people who enjoy it. I mean, um, but that's definitely the one I'm the most contentious about. Like I used to feel that way about Mandy and then I rewatched Mandy. I was like, I actually kind of like this. So never mind about that one. <laughs> um yeah, I would have to say it's probably Midsommar. Like, um, I just don't, my issue is I don't think it was intentional. A lot of the things that people are picking up on, but that's what art is. You know, everyone gets right. multiple interpretations. So who am I to say it's good or bad? I just don't think it's like a masterpiece. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but that's okay. That's seriously, it's just like me and Lydia. Like I have, I don't know anyone my, my my partner as well but that's it like I don't know anyone who feels the same <laughs> so yeah me neither I mean my my circle all liked it even my yeah. husband he even liked it and he doesn't even like movies like that and he was like this is a good movie I'm like <laughs> I don't know about this sir my worry is like people always look at that movie and they're like yeah girl boss she's empowered I'm like it, she's literally getting forced to do everything she does. Yeah, and that is not right. empowering. This is not, this is not girl boss moment. I think that's the, why the end is so satisfying, though. Whenever that final part of that is released, I think that's why I liked it so much. But everyone's like, yeah. "Oh, see, she's empowered because she does this thing," and I'm like, "Well, she was manipulated to do that this right, entire that's time." True. Which, as long as you realize that, awesome, makes right. me concerned for people that are like, "Yes, get it, Queen." Right. Yes, I'm Nancy like, "No, Pelosi, Queen." Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I'm like, hashtag girl boss. No, yeah, not no, she, for this. She was emotionally abused the whole. The yes, whole, for the whole, sure. The whole ride. And it was yeah. all by a guy who was like, "Well, I'm a nice guy," so right. I'm like, "I'm the nice." nice as guy, long TM. as you can see that, awesome. If you if you if you walked away think it's empowering reassess quickly hurry please please right. go back yeah just for society's sake <laughs> like right okay so the last question is favorite old creepy pasta oh man i was not super into creepy pastas as a as a person but the ones i did read were like this slender man like i mean slender man is the creepy pasta uh, best actor like he yeah so I definitely got into Slenderman I was just talking about him the other day um did you guys ever watch Marble Hornets I feel like I'm crazy about this mm -mm. it was like these like found footage shorts on YouTube about Slenderman but no one knew it was about Slenderman until like like 15 shorts in and then you like go back and watch and he's like hidden throughout all of the older ones so that was definitely oh. like the thing that was cool to me but then of course we have the true crime case of the girls that stabbed someone because of slenderman so it's like that's kind right. of ruined <laughs> um but that was the only creepypasta i can remember reading i definitely remember trying to scare myself like in a cemetery reading those but i think slenderman is definitely the the one that stands out yeah slenderman Awesome. Also, if you type, if you Google creepypasta, this really creepy video comes up, top 10 scariest creepypastas, and I'm now exiting. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll go follow it after <laughs> because I love those like short, scary stories. And, you know, I love when people frame it as this is a true story. This yeah. really happened. I almost always fall for it. Like I'm like, well, me too. It is? Every time. <laughs> Every time. Um, it ruins my life sometimes where I'm like, it could <laughs> happen to me. Uh, you know, a stairway could have appear in the middle of the woods that was one i saw recently i think that was a no sleep uh which is <laughs> a reddit thing but like i was like what if i see a stairway in the woods like so yeah i take them a little too seriously <laughs> awesome well jenna thank you so much for uh, joining us today hopefully we had a uh, hopefully you had a really good time i know we had a really good time oh uh, yeah it's nice to not be the host <laughs> 
<laughs> it's nice yeah. to know I don't have to edit this at all. I just hop yep. on. Your boy uh, yeah, boy, yeah. So. Listen yeah. to yourself tomorrow. <laughs> yes, thank you guys for having me. It was really a great time, and please come on. Even if you want to talk about why you uh, why you're scared of certain movies, that would totally count. Maybe what we can do is um, is you all can give me a list of movies to watch, and then I'll go watch them, and then we can see what I thought about them or something. Because I've yeah, seen like, like two homework. movies. Yeah, um, but that's something that's totally up to y'all, and I'm down for it. So yeah, cool. I'd be down. Awesome. That'd be fun. Yes. <laughs> awesome. Well, um, be sure to follow us on all the social media platforms with the handle at the Stevia Show. Uh, be sure to subscribe to the podcast on whichever podcast app you listen to. If you're on YouTube, search for the Stevia Show and subscribe and be sure to smash that notification button. Make sure to check out our streams. We stream at least once a week. Streams can be found on Twitch at twitch.tv slash Wow and twitch.tv slash stvn92. Follow us on all social medias to find stream schedules. Anchor and Patreon producers are able to join in on multiplayer streams as well. And we also have merchandise available through our links in our bio and show notes. So whenever you visit us line, click on our link tree and click on merch and we ship nationwide as well. And finally, funding for the Stevia show is brought to you in part by the following. Bravado Wireless is your go-to when it comes to all things connected. Whether it's a new phone, home internet, or smart accessories. Bravado Wireless has it all. Right now, you can get a Samsung A11, Samsung 20 FE, or iPhone 11 at half the cost. That's right, 50% off any of these phones throughout March. For more information, call your local Bravado Wireless store or head to bravadowireless.com. As well as community members like you. Remember, you can support us on Anchor or Patreon for as little as 99 cents a month. Thank you. And also be sure to um, follow Scream Service on whichever podcast app you listen to. Be sure to support on Patreon, all of that good stuff. And I need to go back and listen to the Midsummer episode um, for too. sure. I'm excited. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, again, Jenna, it was great talking to you today. Uh, but for yeah. now, this is Steven. Oh, I think she's down here for me. Yeah. Oh, is it me, Jenna? Yeah. Is it Jenna? Yep. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you, you guys are like pointing down and then sideways. And I'm like in the corner. I'm like, well, I don't know where that is. <laughs> It's always harder to do that on Zoom because we never know you which way like everybody is. A ghost, you're like, right. And I'm like, I don't know. Who's above? Doing. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> Sorry. And this is Lydia. And we will see you all later. Goodbye. Bye. 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 Bye.